Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Well, this episode, uh, to a degree, has been a long time coming. Uh, It's a bit of a reunion for uh, myself and my guest today. Uh, So let's just jump right into it. Landon, how you doing, man? Awesome. I'm doing well. It's good to be here. I I was just talking to you earlier about... uh, I think the last time I saw you, you were a foot shorter and probably, <laughs> it was probably like eight, uh, it was probably like 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I think at the, at the latest, I was, I was maybe a freshman in high school, maybe at the latest, that's if, awesome. if I could guess. And I don't, I don't even, that's probably pushing it a little bit. <laughs> I was probably pushing it. So it's, it's been a minute, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see you, man. Yeah. I, good I'm, to see you. you. You're looking good. You're looking like you're doing all right. And, uh, I know there's been a lot of things going on in, in your life as of late. How, how have things been going on your end? Been good. You know, got a, uh, got a daughter, um, four months old. Last time we hung that. out, I was single and, uh, <laughs> in college, not knowing what I was going to do with my life. Um, but yeah, living in Chattanooga and working uh, out of an Atlanta company and loving it. So just, uh, Life's good right now, yeah. and um, yeah, I'm grateful for it. So, uh, but yeah, it's, and and you're doing well. You're doing podcasts. And, yeah, man, and it's making it happen. It's weird. I I <laughs> prior to doing I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before, but prior to doing this, well, prior to working where I'm at now, uh, I guess it was it was less than two years ago because I know I started in like the fall of 2020. I was work I was still in school. I was working at Target, and I always like to give a shout out to Target when I mention them because they've always, they've always been good to me. But I worked at them worked with them for like three and a half months, and I remember being there, and I was like, I do not want to do this. Like I just I I was sick and tired of it. And looking back now, like not that I'm some celebrity, but like now that I get to do this and also like what I do at work, it kind of doesn't feel. Like, again, I'm not like a celebrity, but it doesn't feel real because, like, I'll be at work and, you know, people will be like, oh, what are you working on today? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm finding guests for the podcast and I'm, you know, doing all this stuff with the audio. And it's it's just kind of kind of crazy. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing good. I got a lot of things to be thankful for and uh, I can't complain, man. So awesome. life is good. That's great. That's so great. so I want to ask you, uh, you like you said, you are a new, uh, relatively new father. Uh, and again, congratulations on that. Thank you. What just what what's your your four months in? What is your your take on it so far? Just your Man. your your hot take on fatherhood so far? I know nothing, <laughs> and I I married a lactation consultant and and postpartum nurse, and 
and she knows everything and I know nothing. So the, the fun has been getting uh, to figure out how to be a dad. I think, and I think you think about being a dad, it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's great. But like, what about the day to day from yeah. wake up to go to sleep yeah. of having a child that literally it has to solely rely on you? Yeah. Like, Without you, it's it's yeah. it, it ceases You're to exist, fully, literally and metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, fully responsible for this human that doesn't even like give you love in return. It's <laughs> unconditional. You know, you just see this this smiling blob that's just like hello, like here it is, here I am. So it's been great though, been really rewarding. Learned a ton, learning a ton, and got a long way to go uh, to where I feel like I'll be a at the level of dadding that yeah. I want to be at, yeah. but um, but it's been fun, man. Yeah, it's it's a great experience, and and Megs and I were were ready uh, for that. So been married almost five years, ready for our, our first baby. So. Yeah, yeah. So do you you can you can interpret this question however you want, but do you feel like a dad? Like not in the sense like oh I have a child. Like that's a, that's an objective fact now. But like do you feel like a dad? Like do you find yourself like wanting to put on like leather sandals and like go outside and grill and like oh, yeah. tell you know bad yeah. puns and stuff like that now yeah i've felt that way for a while but i think it's just now i haven't i actually can like showcase it and be yeah. like, no i am a dad because before if you if you start to act like a dad and you're not a dad people are like okay bro come on you yeah. gotta you gotta earn that yeah you know so yeah. my brothers actually bought me a pair of nike uh those Nike dad shoes, those yes. white ones. I know exactly what you're talking about. I yes. wear them all the time. Yeah. They're amazing. And I wear them to mow in, and I wear them out. I wear them with, with high socks yeah. and jean shorts. I, I rock the whole swag yeah. now. I just absolutely, I own it. So it's yeah. been great. You're just, you're just embracing it. You're just, just head to toe, just owning it. Oh, yeah. it it's who you are now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll get told every now and then, which is it, it's, I don't think it's the same thing, but I've been told numerous times that I have a very, like, like grandfather presence about me and I don't know what to what to make of that like in, on one hand it's like I think people view me as like a relatively like responsible person like you know I have a I like to think maybe I have like a, a calming sense about me but on the other hand it's like maybe they're trying to tell me that I'm like um, I act a lot like a like an old man you know at times like I don't know how to take it and, and that's that's what I feel like I don't know. That's that's what I feel like I'm I'm destined to be. Like I'm destined to be that that dad. Like just Absolutely. the not not in the sense like oh I have a child. Like yeah, that's that's a given. But like you know to to own the the persona of the dad. Yep. You know we're in that walk of our lives, man. Where yeah. it's gonna be happening, and yeah. it you get there or you don't, and you're there as well. So it's it's awesome. It's yeah. been great, but definitely a learning experience for yeah. sure. So what are uh, what are some aside from the fact that I'm sure uh, you really enjoy uh, changing diapers? What are some things that you have learned as a as a father yeah, so far? Yeah, love it. Love changing diapers. Yeah. Uh, actually, I've had a uh, my whole life I've had a really bad ick towards any smell or sound or anything of poop. You can cut this <laughs> if you need to. No, this is staying in. This is staying in. This is like, exactly what I want. Literally grosses me out. So like. Literally, will I will get out of any situation that involves hearing or smelling or whatever with poop. I don't think you're alone with that. I'm yeah, I mean, that. really bad. Yeah. Like makes me makes me nauseous. Well, this has been a test of character for sure. Yeah. To have a baby that is like, hey, I just had an absolute blowout. Yeah, and you got to do something about it because I can't. Yeah. you know. But it's definitely grown me up a ton in that area yeah. because I I didn't know. I really didn't know what I what I how would I, I would react in that situation, and yeah. here I am with this, and I'm fine. I'm just owning it, just wiping butts, cleaning cleaning yeah. everything, like just totally yeah. the whole nine yards, and owning it, not even nauseous. So, 
I mean, it's just, if, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. If that's not self-growth, then I don't know what is. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> oh, my wife is impressed every single time. She's like, because she knew, she knows that, that that's my like yeah. stick is that I just can't handle that. Yeah. And she's like, you're owning it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been good. I, I, you mentioned something a little bit ago, like, you know, I think a lot of times, a lot of people, they, they're like, oh, I can't wait to be a parent. They're like, oh, I can't wait to be, like, that'll be, you know, I want to have a nice family and, and, you know, raise children and all, and like, in theory, those are like, yeah, who I'd say a lot of people want that. But like you mentioned earlier, like when you and this is for those that are this disclaimer, I do not have a child. So this is not speaking from experience. Although but like what sound grandfatherly. Yes. Yeah. Right? I, I sound very grandfatherly at the moment. But but like what you were talking about is, is like when you have a child, it's not it, I would imagine the kind of fun of like, oh, we have a pretty little family, like kind of fades away at some point because like you said, you are, or that, that human being is entirely dependent upon you, you know? And like, I can't even at my current state, like, I don't even know what I would do if I had a child, like a person grown or, or small that was like fully dependent upon me. Does that like, do you ever sit down and be like, holy cow, I have a, I have a human being I have to be responsible for now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it'll get better with age. I think I'll get to be in that those glory moments of I have this kid and it's this yeah. this this glory moment or yeah. whatever it may be when the the kid's like three or four and you know yelling when you come through the door yeah. after work and yeah. hugging you around your neck, giving you big hugs yeah. and loving on you. I think that's when the sweet spot hits. But before that, like one weekend, no sleep. Yeah, you're completely dependent on if this child sleeps that's when i'll sleep yeah that's when you really are humbled and you're like this is not a glory thing like this is the nitty-gritty this is the down and dirty of parenting and it's it's hard so i think it's progressively getting more and more rewarding yeah as as she becomes begins to return that love to you and it's less just unconditional like me to her with no expectation for love back and now it's like oh she smiles at me she laughs with me you know it's i'm starting to get that now so yeah um but yeah it's it's a it's a humbling experience (laughs) the first few months yeah no my so i'm assuming my mom and dad are gonna gonna hear this so i know when they're gonna start laughing and smiling when they hear this but they always give me a hard time because they say that after like the first 18 months of my life like everything following that like I was a fairly easy child to deal with like I was pretty calm I wasn't going to make a scene anywhere you know aside from like the usual baby things like that was pretty pretty you know the givens it was pretty you know uh, I don't want to say easy but like I was a, I was a good child you know from from what they tell me at least but prior to that for like the first 18 months of my life they said I did not sleep a single minute ever. I would just be awake, just just screaming and yelling, just making noise all day, all the time long. And they'd say, you know, you, you've you've turned out good, but for those first eighteen months, we were we were really looking for a receipt. We were looking for a way to return yeah, you back absolutely. to whoever sent you. Yeah. And and you know, I was, the thing I always tell them was like, listen, it, it was y'all's choice to bring me here. Like it was, I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. choose to be here. So you you knew what you were getting into. You may not have known exactly what you were going to get, but you 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 know, you chose to roll the dice here. Yeah. Um, it's so funny to know how much that she screams or cries or like wails right now that she will remember none of this. Yeah. You know, like yeah. for the, the first couple of years, like yeah. no memory yeah. of that. No, I remember my parents telling me that they were like, yeah, for your first 18 months, like you just would not be quiet. And I'm like, I was like, really? Like, I don't remember that. And they were like, and they were like, well, yeah, you were, you were, you know, a baby, you were an infant, but we, we promise you were, we were there for it. We, <laughs> we did not sleep very much. And I'm like, well, that's the same with my parents. They yeah. would, they said I was a colicky baby. So I was coughing and, all the time, just screaming, wailing, like like you. It was more of the first few months, but every time I call my parents and I'm like, "This is happening!" Like she's 
crying crazy or whatever. They're like, yes. you are, she is her daddy's daughter. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's yeah. that's why she's doing that. Yeah. You're getting a taste of your own medicine that yeah. you gave us 28 years ago. Yeah, they're like, huh, this sounds really familiar. I think I've heard this story before yeah. of a baby keeping their parents up and coughing all that long. That, sound, that sounds about right. That makes sense. Um, so you are, you're living here in Chattanooga. Uh, you're working, you used to work for VaynerMedia, is that correct? That's correct, and yeah. And where are you working at now? So I worked with VaynerMedia for four and a half years, um, and I decided to transition because in the agency world, you hop. uh, That's what you do. You hop to different places to get more experiences with other teams and work on new brands. And there wasn't too many opportunities in Chattanooga, and because of COVID, it opened the door for a lot of remote work. Mm -hmm. So I knew I could take advantage of that with a newborn, with everything in my life Mm -hmm. leading up to... I can take a season of my life to work from home mm-hmm. and as stressful as it could be at times, yeah. uh, it was the best move for us. And so I looked into Atlanta. I had some connections down there and some people that knew people and got uh, connected and anyway, got an offer from an, an agency called Hot House mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And they're uh, um, they're a agency, about 50, 45 people, um, a lot smaller than the thousand person VaynerMedia, yeah, you know, that has yeah. multiple offices. They're a, they're a hometown, you know, boutique agency. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I got, to, got a promotion to be able to come down there and be a senior content producer. So, um, I've been there three months now. Yeah. Really enjoying it. The team is great and get to work remote. So I go down every couple of weeks, I go down and just, uh, go have a desk in the office and just be with people yeah. and you know get to rub shoulders with these with my bosses and everything but uh for the most part i'm at home yeah. and i get to make content for brands and yeah. and do it in the hours that i need to do it yeah so it's well, cool. well that's what i was going to ask you because i remember seeing when you when you uh you know got hired at, at hot house and it said it was in atlanta i was like i wonder if he's if he's working remotely uh and so that's what i was, I was going to ask you, like what are your is this your first time working a job that i mean i'm sure you've maybe done it a few times in the past but like is this your first time working a job that has a implemented like either hybrid or remote remote uh you know schedule put into into place yeah absolutely like so when the covid hit i mean everybody went remote yeah and um we were remote for a while and they're actually just now back in office so i was remote the whole time since covid with yeah. Vayner and sasha um and then jumping to the atlanta one they were not traditionally remote at all and since COVID, they've hired people in Austin, Texas, and in Chicago, and yeah. now me in Chattanooga, and they're branching into that remote offering. And when I signed on, they they signed me on as a remote employee, not required at all or obligated at all to come into the office. Now I have to go for productions if yeah. we're traveling to shoot or whatever, but uh, for the most part, I get to be at home, and there's no obligation or requirement for me to ever come in. Yeah, I love that. You know, I I, I think that's the new that's the new generation of jobs mm-hmm. in, in America. And that's what it's going to be to get the top talent. You have to go to them. Yeah. And it, Atlanta has a lot of great creatives, great talent, yeah. but for them to be able to put feelers out in all these other cities and find other people that match their experiences and their needs more exact. I think that's what gives them. We have such an amazing team. Everyone, all the, you know, freelancers, all of the full-time staff that are remote, Everyone is so top tier in their in their specific field, mm-hmm. and it's made for like a really strong team. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and and so I one hundred percent agree. I think that some, you know, I think if people definitely people should have the choice. Like if you know, I know a couple of coworkers of mine. Like they they live really close, and they just prefer to work in the work uh, work in the office, and they yeah. just come in and they do their thing. But 
you know, especially with, you know, individuals uh, like our age and even younger that are beginning to enter the workforce, it's going to be a uh, much more in-demand benefit, I guess, if you want to call it that. I was reading an article today that talked about how not only did like 70 percent, 70 to 60 percent of like millennials and Gen Z and all the other letters of the alphabet, I forget how many, you know, gens there are now, but, uh, you know, people, millennials and younger pretty much that are in the workforce a lot of them really prioritized that at least a hybrid work schedule. And even some were willing to take a pay cut to a degree if it meant having more flexibility. And I mean, in in my personal opinion, like we recently implemented a a hybrid, you know, model here. Uh, Shout out to the HR team. You guys are awesome. Uh, Thank you for that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we recently implemented a, a, a hybrid model here. And you know, for me personally, like I said, I do not have a child. I, you know, the only obligations I have is me and I have a girlfriend and, and we just start, you know, living life, doing our thing. She's still in school. So I don't have a ton of like major obligations, but it's been so like helpful for me. Like we, we have the choice to work remotely on Mondays and Fridays. It's, you know, do whatever you want. That's awesome. And it's been so helpful because again, I don't have a long commute. Like I don't have a super, you know, like 35 minute, 40 minute drive I got to make to work, but just those little moments, like being able to stay at home and, you know, like take, take some time to cook a good lunch for myself or, or, you know, stay in my sweatpants. Like, and just feel comfortable all day. Like that really adds up over time, at least for me, again, not to speak for everybody, but I really think like you were saying, like, I think that's the future. You know, I, I think a lot of people, um, life is probably not going to get any simpler in the modern world. Yeah. Like there's going to be obviously technological advances that'll make things easier. But as we've seen since the start of the millennium, you know, things are only going to get more complicated. There's only going to be more moving parts. And if we can find ways, corporately speaking, to make the lives of ourselves easier while still maintaining the same level of output, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody, Absolutely. you know, and, and, and even, you know, the, when we were initially, I was talking to one of my coworkers about <clears throat> implementing the hybrid model here. I mean, it's a not only a benefit for the employees, but like that reduces building costs, that reduces all kinds of expenses. Like, you know, you have less people in an office. That's less computers that are turned on. That's less lights that are on. That's less AC that has to run. Like those are all expenses yeah. that immediately drop, which as we know, immediately raises profits. Like that helps everybody, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you think about it, people love uh, button downs and sweatpants. Oh, like, yeah. I, that's the model. That yeah. that sums up working remote. It's yeah. button downs and sweatpants because you you want to be able to. You're you're still working at your best. You're still performing at a high level. Mm-hmm. You're meeting deadlines, but you're doing it with your work life balance in order. And mm-hmm. I agree. I think that office time is just as important mm-hmm. to a degree. And everything has their pros and cons because if you look at uh, a lot of times I need to go work somewhere oh, and yeah. I, I need yeah. to go to a co-working space or a coffee shop and just be around other people mm-hmm. to, to feed off that energy um, because you get in your own head a lot working mm-hmm. remote. And an advice, a piece of advice I give for people that work remote and are starting a remote job is to find routine immediately. Yeah. Um, so like I get, I try to get up at, at and be at the gym by six or 6.15. Mm-hmm and work, work out for 30, 45 minutes and be home in time for Isla to wake up. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm making breakfast or whatever it is. And then 8.45, I'm, I'm ready to go, you know, getting around, ready to, ready to start my day at yeah. nine. And I have that routine. And that's the only thing that keeps me feeling a little piece of myself or else you can't really separate yeah. your work from your life. Like yeah. you kind of just get in a, you go from one room to the next to start work and then yeah. back to that main room when you're done with work. And I think having a routine and an outsource of outsourcing of that and be able to 
do other things and be around other people and still get that connections and stuff is what makes the remote so successful for me personally. Yeah. No, and, and I, I 1,000% agree about maintaining a routine, whatever it is for you. Like, I know a lot of people, especially like in the professional world, it's like you got to wake up at 3 in the morning and get going and, you know, be, like do all this stuff. Like, whatever whatever your routine is, like if it works for you, stick with it. But yeah. But sticking with it I think is the important thing. You know, like whenever we went remote – you know, my first immediate thought was like, oh, like I could, I could probably sleep in a little bit longer, like whatever. But, you know, the days that that happened, I just kind of felt out of whack, like something that didn't feel right, you know. Um, and, and, you know, maintaining that routine, it helps me just stay, it helps me stay in line. Like I, you know, uh, I don't really get, I don't get like my days confused as much anymore. I don't get like, you know, what I need to be doing. Like I keep it all in, in the, the kind of mental schedule of things, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's so important. And again, not that I'm fully remote, but when you are working remote those days, you know, uh, it really does help to have a, a maintained schedule. I, I don't know. So you said you do go in the office sometimes, right? I go every couple of weeks yeah. just for the sake of, I think when you do it, uh, when you, overemphasize remote and you're always at your desk and then you're getting off and going right to, to making dinner and yeah. helping out. I think it becomes to, it becomes a mental battle of switching. Yeah. And I think that's when I need a day or a half day to go to the office or go remote, uh, go to a coffee shop yeah. to be able to find that difference and that drive home be that decompression and starting into like Oh, I'm away from my work. I'm opening my door to my house, and I don't have to think about my job. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm checking emails at 6:15 while I'm making dinner because people are still online because yeah. we're remote. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a matter of that, and um, but it's it's overall uh, really rewarding, and I, I love making sandwiches at lunch and yeah. getting to use my own kitchen. So <laughs> well, yeah. you know, there's pros and cons. Yeah. No, and and I I couldn't agree more. Like whenever I first started working here, it was in December of 2020, that wonderful year that it was. And uh and you know, it, it was funny the first week I started here, I came into the office and it was either that first week or the next week someone got sick with COVID and we were we were worked remote for 2 weeks. And like I had just started and and you know, it was fine like following following that we had other other instances where like somebody would be exposed and we'd go remote whatever you know we made the most of it but being like there really is a real sense of like if you work at this if you work at your house and not to speak for everybody like i know there's a lot of people that love remote work and they travel and do all their thing like that's fine but for me if i worked and did everything at like my apartment it started to feel like everything like there was no difference in the two you know it's like i would i would finish for the day and i'd get up and just sit back down in the same chair. I'm like, okay, I haven't gone anywhere. Like, I'm still here, you know. It's It still felt like I was at work. Like, I hadn't yeah. changed anything, you know. And so having that, like, I've realized now that we're working hybrid a little bit, it's that I do, I enjoy the time in the office more now that I've, like, have a few days away from it, you know. Because yeah. when we were working full-time in the office, it was the same thing. It was like every day was the same. Like, I'd come in, sit down at the desk, do the whatever, leave at the same time, go back. Like, it was all the exact same thing but now there's a little bit of breakup in the day you know the for me like my interactions with my coworkers are a little bit more fun like we haven't it's like we haven't seen each other in a couple days you know it's we try to make the time that we have more meaningful we try to be more productive while we're here because we know that come friday come monday we're probably unless we choose to be in the office or whatever like we're probably not going to see each other you know yeah And, and so i definitely i think that for me and i think for a lot of people like that hybrid model of having those options like you can work remotely if you need to be but you can also come in if you need to be um and i know it's not sustainable for every business you know like i was just saying i work at i work i used to work at target and so like 
how are you supposed to you know work remotely at Target? Like, yeah, like how are you supposed to do? Yeah, I, I know it's not it's not capable for everyone, but if you have that option, like it's so helpful. It it really is. It, it for me, it's it's been such a benefit. And and I'm again, I'm 22 with not too many obligations, and I, it's it's paid a lot of dividends for me already. So yeah. I. I can't say enough good things uh, about it, and I hope that more people. I think this is the way kind of the world is moving at the at the moment, and I hope that it continues to move that way. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. It's 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 great, and so again, shout out to shout out to Mara and Sunny. You guys know where you guys know where you're at. I don't know if they're gonna hear this, but if they hear it, shout out to you guys. Yeah, shout out Hot House. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear this somehow. Yeah. Um, so you you work uh, with Hot House. You're a, a senior content producer. Do you? When did you start getting into like? Because for as long as I've known you, you've always seemed, at least to me, a very creative individual. And I've talked to other people. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I've, I've told other people, like, I am not, I know everybody says, like, oh, you're always, you know, creative in your own personal way. But, like, for me, I've never been the most, like, traditionally creative, like, never been able to play musical instruments, tried to play guitar, my hands are too big. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to even read a sheet of music. Like, you know, all this traditional artistic things, like creative, it's never been my forte. Um, but like I see individuals like you, I was, I was talking to somebody not too long ago here, like she does murals in town and like, she just, she just acts like it's nothing, you know? And so for you, like, when did, when did this all start for you? Like, when did you really get into creating content and and letting your kind of creative side, you know, show a little bit? Yeah. I think it was when YouTube started kicking off. Um, and honestly, I think if I would have stuck to my original plan of being YouTube famous, I would have been at least a hundred thousand followers. I'd about to say, if there, if there's a world where you could be YouTube famous, like this is the world, but that's a, that's a real job now. And back in, you know, 2007, 2008, when I was getting into making videos on, you know, whatever flip phones we had at the time, uh, me and my friends um, were making videos all the time. You know, in, in seventh and eighth grade, we were making videos outside of basketball games in the evening or at my house, uh, wherever that was. So, um, yeah, I think that um, that was one of the biggest things and a, and a turning point for me of just making, doing something that I enjoyed doing. I was never like diehard into um, video games. And I know I'm not saying anything bad about that because my little brother is a, was obsessed with them yeah. and it's no, me too. opposite. I was a big gamer yeah. growing up. Yeah. And like, so that's where a lot of people get their, a lot of creativity and like a lot of, cause you're imagining new worlds or whatever you're doing in that. I, I was, I was usually outside and figuring out a funny scenario in my head and using almost my wit to create a story and then just shooting it with a terrible camera. And I actually still have that camera at my desk in my office at oh, home. Yeah. Uh, my original camera in seventh grade that I started shooting on, it was my parents' digital camera that we took. It's like a tiny little one that you yeah. pressed a button and the lens yeah. came out really long. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I still have that. And uh, yeah, so I just made a lot of videos. And then when it came to senior year of high school and I was meeting with guidance and you know figuring out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was like, all I, all I like doing is making videos. Like yeah. I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. And so I just went and studied video, studied film and digital media. And um, so graduated with that and and really just kind of breezed through that program and didn't take it serious because it was just stuff I'd been doing for years. They just gave me better equipment to do it with. Yeah. Um, So I made all A's and B's and I really didn't show up or commit to the film side of of the university. And, um, And so... I was just not around a ton. And then I graduated and I got out and I was like, I don't want to be on movie sets because I I hate month-long shoots. Like yeah. that would drive me crazy being 16-hour days. 
and um, kind of got started finding out more about advertising and marketing and like how I could do a one or two day shoot and how I could create and help a brand sell a product. And if it's a product I believe in, even better. And that's where I got into marketing and, um, and Vayner Media gave me a chance. Uh, shout out Mickey Cloud and them. Um, still have great relationships with them. They gave me a shot to be to come in and um, really ex- just exploded my growth in marketing mm-hmm. and and got me the job that I'm, I have now. And so, uh, really, just the creative device of filmmaking turned into a career, yeah. turned into a passion. So um, that's kind of how it started. I know that's yeah. a that's a long way around it, but no. that was that was kind of my my come up story in marketing. No, I love it. I mean, so I had a very similar conversation with my, my sister, actually. Uh, she is currently for, for this very show. Uh, I don't know when this episode will come out, so it may already be out before this one, whenever it does. But, um, you know, we, we talked about it and something that I think is really cool. And it's different for everybody. Like, you know, growing up, uh, you, people always be like, oh, what do you want to what do you want to do when you grow up? And like, you'll be like, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a firefighter, like whatever, you yeah. know, people will say stuff and like 90% of the time it doesn't end up happening yeah. for whatever, like there's always reasons why. Uh, I always like to tell my my dream job growing up. I don't even know if this exists, but I'm still I'm still looking. Like if there's if this exists, I'll te- you know I'll apply. I wanted to be a roller coaster tester when I was growing up. I wanted to be like if there was a new roller coaster, I wanted to be like the first one to ride it and see if it was good. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real job that it exists. It yeah, should definitely it definitely you know well somebody's gonna do it you know so. Uh, anyways, I'm still Dollywood. If you guys are hiring for that, I'm I'm still looking. But uh, <laughs> but you know I think people that, which you said like you didn't you didn't start filming like in hopes that you were going to get a job yeah. out of it necessarily. Like, you were just doing it because you enjoyed it. But I think individuals that find something and they say, Oh, I want to do this when I grow up, but they find a passion of theirs and they say, I want to stick with this and do this like long term, and then do it. That's really cool. Like that, because that's so, I don't think that's very common. You know, I was talking about my, like my sister, she always wanted to play in the WNBA. She didn't end up doing that, but she got to do like the next best thing. Like she's working as a strength and conditioning coach at a, at a university. Yeah. She's dang close to that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's, that's like the next best thing. That's like yeah. just about as close as you can be to that, you yeah. know? And so same thing with you. Like that's, I, I don't know. I, I think that's just really cool because so many people, myself included, like I don't necessarily know what I want to do with the rest of my life, but like if you're able to, even from a young age, say, oh, that looks pretty cool. I think I want to give that a shot. And like for, you know, to paint with a broad brush, it's pretty much a straight shot from that point on, like to where what you're doing now, that's that's just really cool. I think that's really interesting. And um, definitely the, the fact that it was just something that you picked up and just did just for the fun of it, yeah. it, it really is really cool to me. I think that's really, really awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that has a, um, that what, I think what impacted me the most was when um, I just decided, I think because I'm a nine on the Enneagram, and a lot of people, if you follow Enneagram, you know what a nine is, so I don't have to explain it. But I think I let a lot of people make decisions about what I wanted to do with my life for me Mm -hmm. and kind of like, oh, you have this kind of personality. You should do this. This is where you should go. Mm -hmm. And it came down to where I had to just say, you know what, I need to take a step back and figure out what I really want to do and what really I feel like I can bring value and yeah. enjoy. Yeah. And so that's what it came down to for me to switch to what I'm doing now. You couldn't ask me my senior year of college if I was going to be doing this. I'd have laughed in your face. I mean, like, I don't even know anything about that. Yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I just like making videos. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I think it just it took it to where I was like, I need to just figure out what 
I want to do and what God wants me to do and not worry about everyone else's opinion of what they want me to do. Yeah. And, and, and kind of block that noise out and just, yeah. and just follow my, you know, my instinct and what, what I'm passionate at and yeah. what I'm good at. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what's led me to where I am. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I love stories like that because a lot of times I think it's different for everybody, but I think a lot of times people will, you know, uh, will think like, okay, what should I be when I get older? Like, you know, the, if you know, like if you're, if your dad did this job, it's like, okay, well maybe I should be like him when I get older. But really I think what, which, what I'm learning a lot now is like, especially now that I've worked in, luck, luckily I get to do kind of a little bit of what, what I'm about to talk about at my like nine to five job. Uh, but like, I think we should look more towards what are what are we good at? Like, yeah. you know, I, I was giving the example, like when I first started working here, um, I was working with the tax team and like I could do it, but like I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to do it. I would leave every day and not want to be here. Like I was like, I don't want to come back. Like I don't want to do more tax return. It just was not for me. My personality isn't for it. My skill set wasn't for it. I didn't feel like I felt like I was offering up like 60% of what I could do, you know, and I didn't know at the time what I wanted to do necessarily. But now that I'm able to do this podcast that we're doing right now and like what I do at work, I feel like my personal skills, like what I bring to the table is being utilized a lot better now, yeah. you know, because there's, there are some of my coworkers that they can fly through a tax return, they can get it done and they like, they live for, it. they can do it. Like they love the fitting the puzzle pieces together, making it all work out. And like, that's great. I was not that person. I, I was not that yeah. great at it. And so finding what you're good at and like not just chasing after a job, but chasing, chasing, uh, you know, improving your skills, improving what you are good at, what you enjoy doing. I think that's really important. I know that's sometimes easier said than done because it's like, okay, well, you know, if, if we all would just do what we enjoy doing, then, you know, it's, it's not always that simple. But I think if you can take the time, especially young and, you know, early on in your career to uh, focus on honing your skills and what you enjoy doing, uh, you know, as the saying goes, if you if you enjoy your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And, and that's a little bit hyperbolic. But, you know, if you, if you do enjoy what you do, if you if you get to utilize what you're good at, like the skills that you excel at in your job, it makes it so much so much easier uh, and so much more palatable, I think, for yeah. for the everyday, you know, grind, if you want to call it. Yeah. That. And to know that it's not a finish line, like we're not at the point where we're like, yes, I'm fully fulfilled. And yeah. this is what I just want to keep learning this. And this is like, I still don't know really what I want to be when I grow yeah. up. Like, yeah. I know what I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying where I'm at, but I still have this sense of like, where am I, where's my next move and what is going to be next for me? Mm -hmm. And what is my end goal? Like, mm -hmm. really, I don't have that fully fleshed out because I'm still learning my skills and developing yeah. my passions. And I think that's something that a lot of people get and they just shut off and they're like, I'm in a good job, make good money. Mm -hmm. Let's just shut it off and, and ride this out. Yeah. And I, I think that there's merit to that 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. but. Um, for me, I really like to to think through, you know, what are other ways I could flex and learn now to help me, and what is other areas of marketing and areas of my degree in my field that I genuinely enjoy and show interest in? Like, is it paid media? Is it pitching new business? Like, that's something that I've found that I really st am liking. I, I really like to see how new business is pitched and those client relationships, and I want to be kind of a part of that. And right now, I'm creating content so mm -hmm. it's like the back end of it yeah um so it's just always exploring and, and never just settling in my career i think is what's got me where i am and where where i'll go next yeah. uh you know i have no idea so. yeah and, and i think i think that attitude is, is really important because the thing that i mean I'm, I'm guilty of as well like i like i said i just graduated college back in december and 
the, the question that would always go around is like, well, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do afterwards? And like, there is obviously like you, you know, you don't go to college just for the heck of going to college. Like you, you want to get something, you know, preferably a good job out of it. But like, I think it's okay to not have like a, an exact 100 point plan of like where you're going to be for the next, you know, two decades of your life. Because, you know, if, if, in my opinion, if life is all about where you end up at, uh, I mean, well, it's, there's what I said, like, you know, it's not about the de- it's it's about the journey, not the destination. Like if yeah. you're so hyper focused about where I'm going to be like at the end of the year and then I'm going to be here after that, like you're going to you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. I feel like, you know, yeah. um, again, like to use where I work as an example, like I, I really do enjoy working here. But if I had like I didn't want to really do accounting, but if I had never taken the, the chance to apply at a place that's an accounting firm, like I would have missed a lot of opportunities that have been given to me now, you know, so yeah. And you found your passion as you've yeah, gone. You yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's okay. Like I hear, I know a lot of people my age and in younger, like in, in high school and in college, like they, they stress a lot about like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, my, my parents are helping me get through college. Like I got to get a good job. I don't know what to do. Like, it's okay. Like you don't have to have it all figured out. Like you said, like I've got a, you know, a W2 nine to five job and you do as well. And I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing what a lot of college students want to do. Like I, I have that job. Like, yeah. You're you know, at that step. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which it's kind of funny. Like, you know, I, it hit me at some point earlier, like this, this week, I, you know, I was, <laughs> I was doing something and it may have been something for the podcast here, but I was like, this is like, like I'm a, I'm like a full-time employee now. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's like my younger self was always like, you know, working part-time jobs, like back in the home, like in our hometown, like yeah. now I'm, now I'm like a, I'm like a big, like a big boy. Like I'm, I'm working big boy jobs now, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. kind, it's kind of funny. I don't know. Something about that just seems odd to me, you know? Yeah. I, I was washing cars at the funeral home and I, I thought this was life, you know, yeah. at 16. Now yeah. here we are. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, for me it was, I was working at a, working at a pharmacy part of the time, which you know, my, my Anderson drugs people, uh, you got, got lots Shout of, out lots Anderson of, drugs. lots of love for you guys. Uh, but working at, and working there at the pharmacy part time, I was working, I was just talking to one of my friends yesterday. I used to work at the, the haunted trail, Mayfield's haunted oh, trail yeah. worked there. And I, I thought that was like all I was going to do for the rest of my life. I was just going to work these little odd oh, yeah. jobs and here I am now. I show up every day and it's just, it's kind of funny. <laughs> hey, you know? that, that got us into the responsibility mindset. <laughs> so there's some merit to those first jobs. I'm yeah, no, no, that's, that's 100 percent um so i think you know as I, I again i don't know if i necessarily would consider myself like a super like tradition again like traditionally creative individual but um you de- like definitely do work in the creative field like you work in marketing specifically in advertising uh what would you say are like some good ways i know you just talked about how for you it was just kind of just doing it like not to not to copy nike too much but uh you know not necessarily like thinking of it as work, but like just making, making the content you want to make, like making the art you want to make. Um, but for individuals that maybe like, you know, was a young Landon, like that are out there. Uh, I think a lot of people like that are looking for tangible steps on how they can make their way into a field, like what you've made your way into, yeah. uh, what would be just like some practical steps that you would, that you would, uh, you know, advise people on to kind of flex those creative muscles that can help them land, uh, jobs like you've landed and, uh, you know, find and be in uh, fields that you're in currently. Yeah. So the high level note that I give young creatives, uh, which young creative, I'm only like six years in. So I, I mean, how, how young, as you stroke your beard, yeah, these young, young these, creatives, me as young lads, a sophisticated 28 yeah. year old giving you advice. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, so I, I think one advice that was given to me that I've been sharing and mm-hmm. often is 
uh, find time to go on the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a, in a creative field, a lot of your work and stuff you get as a young creative is going to be like, hey, make this. Hey, do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, go go make this spot for me for 200 bucks. Go go make a commercial for my small business in a small town for yeah. 150 bucks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And there's no time to go on the offense. It's all reaction-based. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my work now, I have, mm-hmm. you know, we have really large clients like IHG Hotels or, um, you know, Mercedes or whoever that come to us and say, do this spot and make this spot. And mm-hmm. you have to find time in that and find moments in that cr- creative process to break that and go on the offense mm-hmm. and not just reaction based. Yeah. They need this, this, and this. Let's make this, this, and this. Do that, but also find time to say, hey, we here's another version yeah. that has this and find ways to go on the offense. And I think that one, sharpens your creative ability and two, um, helps you to stand out. You know, when in a field that's flooded, there's so many videographers now mm-hmm. and so many like content creators that want to be YouTubers or whoever, and you guys can do that. There's plenty of room in the space. Um, but I think go on the offense, find time for that each week. And then uh, some more practical stuff is start cheap. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know you pay for quality and you can get to that, but Maybe a, lot of, cheap. a yeah. lot of these small businesses and stuff don't need the red or the Aerie Alexas or the fancy Sony's like just start with whatever camera you can afford you know and and make content and and sell it at that don't sell it for a crazy price you know just just be real of like hey do this or do it for free even do your first couple gigs for free just to just to build up um, you know clients mm-hmm. so I think um, don't worry about having everything you know I've, I've got away with it just a camera I had a Sony a7s and a couple lenses and I shot everything with natural light yeah. like or I had a $30 light kit you know or whatever it was and I would just use a lot of natural light and just supplement with that little light kit and just get creative the more you can do on a small dime the better that'll help your future your yeah. future jobs you know because when you have more gear and stuff you already know how to make it work and you can just continue polishing and making it better so um, yeah just don't be afraid of that and and go where money can buy right now yeah. and, and work your way up from there and you don't have to go to college to do what I do. I haven't. I personally loved it because I met my wife there. I got the, you know, got that uh, locked down because of going to college. So yeah, I hundred yeah. percent recommend it. But it worked out for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. worth it. I'm still yeah. paying on the, the yeah, <laughs> me finding my wife. Um, no, but I. Um, you don't have to go to college to do this. This is a creative field, and I to be transparent. I haven't asked. No one's asked once for my college, um, you know, graduate mm-hmm. diploma. Uh, Vayner doesn't require it and Hothouse does to some departments but um, with connections I got you know was more of a top tier hire and got in and wasn't didn't just showed my book mm-hmm. and a lot of your a lot of what's based in uh, for these jobs and these this field is based on your portfolio and your book and how good your reel is so um, I think use if you're going to not go use those four years just honing your craft and getting dang good at it yeah. so um, so yeah just it's it's a fun field and it's well worth it um and please hit me up if you have any more questions or anything i'm i'm an open book if you hit me up on linkedin i'm there and i will respond within two to five business days depending on how slammed i am depending so. on how shipping is working yeah. About it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um something that i've been like currently and it's been been something i've been trying to learn just over really i mean even just through college as i've become more aware of it is like I am, I am the definition of like risk averse. We talk, you know, that was something we talked a lot about in, in, in my financial studies. Uh, I, feel, I feel weird saying that, like, you know, when I when I was in college studying finance or whatever. But like in in a lot of my finance classes, we would talk about, you know, the the kind of 
behavioral economics is what they call it of how like you know people would rather uh, you know a lot of people are more risk averse like it, it the the idea of how it hurt, it hurts to lose a hundred dollars more than it feels good to gain a hundred dollars you know stuff like that um, and I definitely find myself in that field like I am such a like planner to a T not in the sense of like I plan every minute of my day but if I'm going to do something new, I'm like, I want to make sure I've thought of every single contingency. Like I've thought of everything that could go wrong. I try to make sure that I'm ready for whatever could happen. I've got everything covered. Like everything's paid for what, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm so in that mindset for whatever reason, like, you know, uh, I I like to attribute it to, I just want to be prepared for things, but nothing wrong with that. Yeah. and, And, and there's room obviously in the world for people like me, like that do that. But to what you're saying, like, I really am learning more about how, oftentimes it can be good to just start like yeah. it's it's not necessarily you know uh i mean for crying out loud like what we're doing right now i've got a little mobile yeah, setup of a pod like yeah i mean it, it's it's more important to just start and get out there like not that you shouldn't be aware of like what could happen and try to plan for things but you know uh it's it's kind of like to use a finance finance example like oftentimes people worry, you know, like, what should I invest in? Like, should I invest in this? Should I invest in that? Should I jump into the market now? Should I wait? Should I do this, that, and the other? It's like, if you don't ever do anything, it's not going to matter. Like if you don't ever put your money in the market, it's never going to grow. <laughs> yeah. You got to put it somewhere first, you know? And uh, to, yeah, I think, I think that makes a, a decent parallel because if someone is finding themselves in a creative field, like I can imagine it would be very easy to think like, Oh, or am I doing all this correctly? Is my, is my lighting correct? Do I have the best camera? Do I have the best audio equipment? And like, yeah, you should make you should try to have the best technical equipment if you can, like with in, under your given budget. But at some point, you just got to start. Yeah. I mean, that was something with this podcast, like that I had to kind of figure out. Is it hit me one day, like I was really excited to do it and you know, everything, and I had gotten the mics and I'd gotten everything, and I sat there and I was like, I have everything now. Like I, I have yeah. it. Like I, I, I just have to do it now. Like yeah. and you know, I remember the the weeks and months kind of leading up to that. I was like, okay, I've got one mic and now I've got a stand and I've got all this. Like I was taking it very methodically, like trying to be very slow and make sure I got everything I needed. And, and then it hit me. I was like, I just got to do it now. Yeah. You know. And, and I think that's that's what it sounds like you're saying is like obviously be be sure about what you have. Like take the time to prepare, but. When it's time to go, it's time to yeah, go. Just you know? make content, yeah. And make it on your iPhone if you have to in the meantime. And I, I definitely think that um, for the most part, you, a lot of people on social specifically don't can't tell a huge difference. Yeah, they tell a difference when there's a large, high-quality production. But if you're shooting on a Canon mm-hmm. or some kind of DSLR and you're shooting on your iPhone and it's being put on social... You can shoot that thing in 4K, 5K, 6K. It's going to be 1080 on social, mm-hmm. and like it's going to it's going to just it's going to be dumbed down. Mm-hmm. So uh, just get started, man. Just shoot and start building up your book and and do it because so many people are sitting on the couch having the same inspiration that you're having mm-hmm. and they're not starting. And yeah. so just start. And you see everyone. You can constantly compare yourself. That's my biggest issue. Is one thing I deal with is imposter syndrome and comparing yourself to oh, people 100%. that are more successful 100%. in in your field. And like, there's so many, you, you can always look at those people because they're out there, but how many people are behind you in this Mm -hmm. and haven't even started, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so take that first step and start, um, and it'll be, it'll pay off. Yeah. No, you you talk about imposter syndrome. Like, man, again, not that I think I'm some celebrity, like I am not, not even a little bit. Am I, I'm not trying to make it seem like that, but like, meanwhile, he was out front signing autographs. Yeah. 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 Don't tell anybody. Um, (laughs) but no, like not that I'm some celebrity, but like, I feel like I am, for me personally, I feel like I'm such, I'm in such a fortunate position because, you know, like my W2 job, like a large part of my job 
is doing what we're doing right now in a different format. It's not, it's yeah. not just this, but it's different. And like, man, I just graduated college. Like I don't, I, I am literally, I was just an intern like six months ago. You know, it, it's so weird. Like, and I don't know, like part of me feels bad for saying like, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like, Oh, look at me. Like I've got the coolest job in the world, but like, it's just, <clears throat> I don't, like you said, it, it, it's, I don't feel like I'm, I should be in this position. You know, it's like, I don't feel like yeah. I'm always thinking like, am I really the person they want to do this? Like, and, you know, and like a lot of people will tell me like, you're, you know, you do, you do great at what you do and you're good at it. And I appreciate that. But at the same time, I'll always sit there and be like, is this real? Like, is this actually what I'm doing? Cause yeah. again, like three years ago I was working part-time in that pharmacy. Like we were saying, like yeah. it, it's, it's crazy how time can fly and how things can change. But to get back to the point, I, I think that it's really important, whatever field you find yourself in, whether it's creative, whether you're trying to get that job, like, you know, if you, if you, you know, like I said, I was a finance major, like a lot of people, one of the biggest, like if you can get your CFA or, and, or like get that job, like on wall street, like that's a big deal. I know that's kind of joked about, but like yeah. if you can get that financial analyst job, like in, in New York or Chicago or wherever, like that is a big deal. And those are not easy jobs to get all the time. And, you know, I think a lot of times if you can get rid of like whatever personal friction you put in the way, like for me, it's always over planning things. If you can kind of get that out of the way and just start and just take that leap of faith, um, not to sound too much like a motivational speaker, but like it, it it's going to pay a lot of dividends in the yeah. end, I think, you know. And and one of my old bosses at Vayner, his name's Chris Logsdon. Shout out Chris Logsdon. Shout out to Chris. Um, yeah. So one thing that he did that always was encouraging and, and, and it kind of um, influences a lot of people that aren't in the creative field that are working nine to five jobs, maybe listening to this podcast thinking, I want to get into that. I need to start. I need to quit my job. Don't quit your job. Don't, Just start don't the 10 it. to 2. Yeah. So one thing that Chris always would, would stress was his 10 to 2. And that means he would do his 9 to 6, which was a creative director at Vayner, mm-hmm. um, still in the creative field. But from 10 to 2, he, he built his own um, clothing line. And he built it all with the American-made and it was, um, and it's, you know, butchering this, forgive me, Chris, but it's, it's denim clothing and apparel shirts and it's shop rag shirts. It's, uh, it's hats, it's coffee mugs, whatever it may be. He's building this out and he does it from 10 PM to 2 AM. Yeah. So if, yeah. if you don't have the money to support yourself for three to six months and you need to keep that nine to five job, absolutely keep it. You can be a creative in your free time. You mm-hmm. can shoot or edit yeah. in the evenings after work. So yeah. Uh, definitely wait and just do this on the side because it's it's well worth investing the extra time yeah. because you're you know you're investing in in your future and you're investing in your mind and that's something that you know is, has unlimited uh, you know sky's the limit for what yeah. you could do with that and yeah. uh, opportunity's great so yeah no I agree like I think for me uh, you know starting where you can start i think is important i mean you know like i i've just now started doing interviews for this podcast like during this month or so but when i when i officially told myself like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try this like i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna get the equipment like for me it was like every paycheck i'd get like one thing like i'd get like a stand yeah and it was like 40 bucks like it wasn't really that much like you know like not too expensive whatever but like i didn't really have the time during school to like do interviews on the time i was doing school like i was graduating i had lots of things going on but i had a little bit of time to where i could at least you know take five minutes and order the equipment i needed and it wasn't about like I, i think a lot of times when you hear people like me, even though, again, I'm not like some experienced podcast veteran or anything, but like when you hear people say like, oh, just do it in, 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 you know, in our minds, it's like, you think we should just start a company like right now. Like we should just quit what we're doing and just start it all right now. Like, no, 
if you can do that, go for it, sure. Yeah. But most people can't just drop what they're doing and, and flip and start something totally different. But what you can do, I would imagine, is fill that little 30-minute window. Like, start start now with what you can start with. Yeah. If you're wanting to, you know, like like for me, like if you're wanting to do a podcast, like just start with the equipment. Find out what equipment you need and, and buy the first piece of it. Yeah. That's a good start. That's, that's better than where yeah. you were before, you know? Exactly. And... You know, maybe it's, I don't know, like maybe you're wanting to start a business. Like for me, I've been getting into cooking a lot lately. Like maybe you want to, you know, start a bakery. It's like, all right, well, learn how to learn how to bake bread first or like buy the ingredients you need to bake the bread bake first. Bake a bunch of bread. Just, yeah, <laughs> just just start with whatever you can start with. I, I don't know. Like, again, not to, I, I don't want to sound too much like a motivational speaker or anything because uh, that's an interesting field in and of itself. But like start where you can start. I, th- I think that's very important because I, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with like what they want to end up being and they because of that they are afraid to start at all but if you can take that first step like i said for me it was just buying a microphone stand and some cables like that was my starting point i didn't have i couldn't have done anything at that point but i i started the i put some money in the game and now i had had no turning back i had to do it at that point (laughs) exactly i had put money into it and i was like well i'm gonna gonna have to keep going now you know that's exactly right yep yeah it was it was funny whenever i (laughs) i remember buying all this stuff i bought i bought the the like I don't even know what to call this thing, but whatever it re- records the audio and the mic and everything. And I sat down with my girlfriend Abby. I sat down. And I said, "Abby, well, I, I bought some of the equipment for the podcast." And she was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Yeah." She was like, oh, "That's exciting." And she's like, "How much did it cost?" And I was like, "Well, I bought it all at once, so it was kind of expensive." And she was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "But it's gonna be okay. I promise. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna throw away my entire life savings for this, you know." Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely don't quit your jobs if you if you can. Don't don't quit your jobs. <laughs> you need to you, su- you need to fund these in these projects. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, so what would you say is like your niche so far, like in what the work that you do, like what obviously you do, you know, your passion was making videos, but like specifically what's, what's like your creative passion within the videos that you, you create? Yeah, I think, um, I think social content is the most impactful and, and organic and native and it, it feels like where the consumer is right now. So I think anytime I get a uh, opportunity to create for social, mm-hmm. um, then I really like that. And I, and I worked on a lot of brands at Vayner, like uh, Bojangles and George Stickle Whiskey and some others like that. Um, that was just social work mm-hmm. all the time. You know, uh, Ollie's Bargain Outlet was just TikTok and, yeah. and things like that. So I, I, those are where I find my bread and butter. And, um, and what's cool is Hot House does a lot of luxury clients. So for me to have that experience and go in to their, you know, very hero beauty imagery and video and all luxury clients and to be like hey i do social and i can make scrappy content like scrappy not crappy Uh, (laughs) i like that yeah i like that (laughs) but um yeah so that was kind of like my shtick that i got in with i've said shtick twice on this podcast so uh, congrats (laughs) we're gonna put put that on a shirt for you yeah she's gonna say that shtick and i never say that in real life that's what's hilarious um just this pot it's the mic it makes me feel more professional no listen listen i'm telling you i've told people before like you when you have a microphone and you hear yourself speak through this is going to make me sound so stupid but i'm telling you when you get to speak into a microphone whether it's in front of a crowd or even just to yourself like you kind of you you start to feel a little bit like like you have some authority you know yeah. it's like people have no you know i, I was so, telling a i was telling a joke we with one of the ministries I, i'm involved with on campus when i was at I was at school. They did like an open mic night, and they would always they would ask me to host it. And I said, I said, you know, it's kind of funny. Like 
I, I have the microphone. Like I could say whatever I want to say. You guys have no no power to stop me. I could. You you guys are putting your entire trust in me just to just to keep this thing on the rails. Like I can just say whatever I want to right now. It's, yeah. it's I don't know. It's kind of funny. You know. Yeah. Moral of the story: uh, Buy a Zoom mic. Buy a mic for Zoom yes. calls so you feel powerful on, yes. on calls with your coworkers. Yes, exactly. No, I I really do want to do that. I, I haven't I haven't hooked up my microphone to my laptop yet, but I've. I did one uh, interview over Zoom recently, and I was like, "Man, this sounds really good. It sounds a lot better yeah. than my laptop microphone." And, and you, you you start to feel you know a little bit more important. It doesn't. Yep. It, don't let it go to your head. If you decide to, don't let it go to your head like it has to me. But uh, definitely, it definitely will make you feel you know a little bit more important. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, to circle back yeah. to sorry, my, that was a no, random tangent. No, that, it was good. I was I was the one that started it, so yeah. it's fine. Um, to circle back, it, it was really just the idea of um, showing these clients that spend millions of dollars in TV spots or paid advertising or whatever it may be that they can reach 100,000 people with a viral TikTok um, that was made, shot on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. I think that is like so satisfying to me yeah. and uh, to be able to kind of win business and, and help with that, the frontier that for this agency will be really cool. Um, but it's one of my favorite passions is just uh, being able to show if I, if I believe in that product and most of these brands, they're genuine at heart. Like mm-hmm. they're the, what they're advertising, what they're marketing and selling is like a good product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, how do we get that in front of people where they don't think, oh, this is an ad swipe yeah. or, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go make something um, in the kitchen while the commercials are on. Yeah. So I'm not even yeah. watching the TV spot. Yeah. Like how do the, how do we sell them on this? And it's like just what's real and authentic and native and just being a real human behind the keyboard and not a brand that's trying to sell you something. Yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite pieces of cre- of the creative process and, and work. So I have a little bit of I don't know if, I don't know if this is a hot take. If this is a hot take, then hot take incoming. There should uh, be like a there should be like a tss, yeah uh, yeah. I'll, right I'll, I'll have to figure that out at some point. Hot, hot take incoming. We'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll manufacture that at some yeah, point. Yeah, commercial break right. Yeah, yeah so yeah. people have to wait for it. Yeah, but I don't know. Like as I'm getting older, like obviously media and, and advertising and all this stuff is is definitely moving somewhat with the times, but like. I'll be. I don't watch a lot of TV just because I don't want to pay for cable. Um, but uh, to me, like I think, and this may not be the case, but I feel like commercials, like traditional commercials, are like they feel outdated to me. Is that is that does that feel true to you in yeah. any way? Like, not a, not a hot take at all. That's that's absolutely the trend is going away from traditional TV yeah. and going into either streaming commercials, yeah. which are still kind of getting there. Yeah. Um, still kind of traditional, but streaming. Uh, platform-based and social is where the is that's the new medium that's the new way to to showcase your brand and spot now if you have a if you have a product that's audience is older demographic yeah absolutely buy the tv spots but it's overpriced and under attention yeah like uh, on that whereas social is underpriced and over attention like uh, everybody's on it so uh Social is the way. Well, uh, let, let me I, let, let me clarify. Let me clarify just a little bit. Like, not that like yes, obviously. But they look like it. Well, it's like when I think of the word commercial, and this is I hope this doesn't get boring, but like I think of like what I remember watching as a kid, like when I was younger. It's like, hey, here's this new product. You should buy it. <laughs> like, I always sit there and think, does that work? Like, yeah. do people see that and think? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, I've never once sat. At least I don't think I have. Like, I've never sat in front of like a TV. Or like I watch YouTube videos. Like I've never gotten an ad for like, hey, come on down to 
Crystal and buy our burger. Like I don't, you know, that's like, never going right. Yeah, now. like I've never, I've never done that. Like I, I don't know. To me, it's like, how are we still doing this? Like, does this yeah. work? Like, do people actually? <laughs> do people sit there and think, you know, they've got a point? I'm gonna go. I just bought twelve boxes of Mighty Beans <laughs> from this Mighty Beans commercial. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing that gets me. I'm like, do people really sit here and see? Oh, okay, this person is selling this product and they're asking me to purchase it. Yeah. I don't need it, but it's I'm like, gonna do it. It's like when you wake up at two a.m. and you got a jewelry ad on yes. QVC and you're like, what? Who? Who stays up and watches That's what I'm this. saying. I'm like, who is funding this? Like, there's no way. There's no... I mean, obviously somebody is. They wouldn't be around. But I'm like, I, I don't know. To me, it's like... It's not necessarily commercials. Like, I, I get advertising things. But it's like, just the commercials where it's like, we have a new product. You should buy it. Like, those commercials. I'm like, how does that convert? Yeah, it's not. It's really not anymore. But there's a lot... See, the traditional advertising is... They're very traditional in, yeah. in what they where they want to target. Like yeah. getting, I remember uh, you know at my previous agency getting people to getting these brands and stuff that are traditionally on TV TVC spots, TV commercials. Yeah. For those yeah. that aren't, don't, aren't aware, they call in the industry. That's yeah. What they, yeah. In the in the industry, I would know <laughs> six years experience. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it. Uh, um, but yeah, those TVC spots would be. Um, they they're becoming they're just like that's where we've always put our money mm -hmm. as a brand and we don't want to back away from that because yeah. we've seen a good steadiness and like not a slump but really you just have these you know returning customers that aren't necessarily watching it yeah. unless it's Super Bowl which is like still one yeah. of the best you know places to yeah. put your ad but um, but yeah I think that's it's just traditional agent traditional businesses that don't want change yeah. and um, and a lot of these businesses that are trying are like okay here's 20k do something show me and really you still need to invest in social like you can't just spend like a little bit you can do organic on TikTok but other than that you really you really need it. and Facebook isn't even the best place anymore like mm -hmm. if you if you're not reaching a younger if you're reaching Gen Z or millennials yeah. you want to be off of Facebook you don't want to be on there so yeah. like it's just keeping up and being able to adapt to the new what's new and what's yeah. trending and what's out there yeah. i think that's the most important thing so yeah. um yeah <laughs> it's it's funny you bring up facebook um i'm gonna put myself on on this spotlight here so i two at the start of 2020 before i knew what 2020 was going to become i decided to get off social media for an indefinite amount of time it turned out to be two years i was off twitter instagram all that stuff but prior to that I got a Facebook a long time ago. Like I just didn't want, I didn't enjoy Facebook. I was like, I just don't want to be on this anymore. I quit like seven, eight years ago. Hadn't been on it in a long time. Well, because I promote a few things like through work, I got back on there and like, I don't post all that often, but if I'm doing something here, I'll promote about it. And man, I look back and I'm like, who gave me a Facebook account when I was 10 years old? Like I should not have been trusted <laughs> with this, these capabilities when I was like, I'll look back at my memories and it's like, you said this thing 13 yeah, years like ago. Half of half finished sentence because yeah. Facebook used to have a box that says today I am. And you would just yes. finish it. You'd be yes. like riding my bicycle. Yeah. Is like, feeling spunky. Is like, feeling spunky. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was sitting there and I was like, who, why did anyone let yeah. me have this as a, as a 10 year old? Like this was a terrible idea. Yeah. And you know, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, this can't exist. Like I have to delete this. Yeah. This mine's like a picture of a, a grainy soccer ball with a real bad filter <laughs> over that says God's creation on it. <laughs> that's like my first post on Facebook. Like, Oh, that's absolutely going in Facebook hall of fame. I'm yes. sure they yeah. love it so much. Yeah. 
No, I, I remember I went through a phase. Like I remember, I remember when it happened. I don't remember the date, but like I remember sitting here and posting all these pictures. I went, I like, I found like iFunny for the first time, and I was like, these pictures are gold. I was yeah. like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I was just downloading all of them and just like posting. I was making a new one my profile picture like every single day, and so like I had so many random pictures that were my profile pictures. Oh, yeah. And I'm like looking back, I'm like, why did? Why? What was going one? What was going through my head? And two, who authorized this? Who allowed this to happen? Like this should not have been. This should not have been. Not have been allowed. You know, it's it's just a. It's it's too much power for a, for a young ten year old, eleven year old Daniel. It's, yeah. it's too much. My wife gets on to me because I my, we have so many family that follows me on Facebook, and she's like, "You have to post something like an <laughs> update, like to know you're alive, or else people start posting my wall like, hey, Landon." Good. Haven't are, heard from are you. you. There? They're like, are put you? dot dot dot. Yeah. Hey, dot dot dot. Landon, haven't heard from you. And yeah. I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. So I, I updated occasionally. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I would, I, I would always make myself every year on my birthday. I'd be like, okay. Like my mom would always text me and be like, hey, have you seen all the people telling you happy birthday on Facebook? And I'd be like, no. I haven't seen him. I was not on there. And she'd be like, well, you should go check it out. And so like, I'll download it and look. And then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, okay. I can either tell each one of these people individually thank you, or just, or just at the end of the day, just say thank you to everybody. That's like just, exactly. just, and that's that the move. yeah, that's the move. that was my move at the at, at the for for many years. I was like, I'll I'll appear once on my birthday, say <laughs> thank you guys, and then just dip out after yeah. that. That was that was my plan, you know. Yep. Yeah, that's funny. Facebook is a crazy place. I, I, I get on there every now and then and, and check out what's going on, and I'll I'll stay for about oh, wow. thirty seconds to a minute, and then be like, okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> too much. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. It's too political for me. I'm a, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. Also, too, like like again, I said. So I mean, I went to school at UTC, not where I grew up. Like it was away from my hometown, and not a lot of people that I know, like personally from from high school, like came down here. You know, it's. I, I remember whenever I was started at UTC, like there was, I think there was two people from my high school graduating class that came down here with me. So like that, along with the fact like I was off social media for a little while, like whenever I got back on, it was really weird seeing all these people that I knew like two years after when I last saw them. Like I didn't, yeah. I hadn't seen pictures of anybody. Like I was just living my life, doing whatever. I just wanted to break from it, you know. And I, I don't know. Social media is is a crazy place, man. Uh, yeah. It's 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 something, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's it's oh, it's tons of attention on it. Every eyeballs on it. Yeah. Every every thumbs on it. So yeah. how do you make content that thumb stops? Yeah. You know? No. That's that's the that's the move that I'm that excites me and challenges me every yeah. day. So. Yeah. I will say though, uh, and this this is purely just me speaking. If anybody's listening and is contemplating taking a break from social media, it is very helpful. Oh, I will admit it's it was one of the best. Th- I mean, I'm back on it now, but I have a much better relationship with it now than I used to. Uh, but it is it is good sometimes just to yeah. just to live your life and just exist and just yeah. not have to be beholden to the if we're being honest, like 90, the facade that a lot of us put up, you know, um, it's, yeah. it's very nice just to live your life and just not have to be beholden to that, you know? Yeah. And if you're working in a field that deals with social, one thing I like to do is at six o'clock when I get off, I spend at least the next three hours just intentionally off my phone because yeah. I'm on it all day. I have to think about what's trending and what's changing and what's happening with the the news and everything with it with social mm-hmm. um so make time to separate that yeah. and, and get off of it for for when you're home yeah. and, and be present so yeah. it definitely eats up your your life especially with a four-month-old that's constantly staring at you you don't want to be yeah. sitting there on your phone with a four-month-old yeah so, um, do uh have you ever 
have you ever seen like any i mean i know it's happened but do you do any like major like brand blunders come to mind like where a brand is like oh we're gonna post this thing on on facebook or we're gonna post this thing on instagram this is really gonna work out well for us and then like it did not get received well, I mean, well at all yeah recently uh walmart this was in-store activation but they did the juneteenth thing um that, i haven't seen that was, this that was like a couple days ago so walmart made Basically, a bunch of uh, executives decided that they were going to celebrate the Juneteenth holiday by putting it on paper plates and cups and stuff and putting it in Walmart, and there was a lot of backlash with that. And I don't want to go into detail, yeah. but um, the you know black and brown community were very upset by that, and um, and because of it, they took it off the shelves, and there's been a huge backlash towards yeah. Walmart. So that's yeah. a recent one. Yeah. I know like Burger King's done some crazy stuff on Twitter, yeah. and like I got a lot of backlash, but they've also got a lot of... Uh, rave about them yeah. when they you know when burger king says pull into a mcdonald's parking lot and sign up on our app and you get a free whopper if you if you show your locations in a mcdonald's parking lot yeah so literally like there's some crazy controversial stuff that goes on but um but yeah some some backlash every day with brands and it's so tricky like you constantly have to be mindful and put your client hat on it's like yes this creative idea would cause a lot of shock and there's great like com- any you know any news and conversation is good for the most part but are we being, you know, do we have our finger on the pulse of our audience? And are we, are we really making them happy with this? Or are we just trying to step on toes? And, and will this hurt the brand? You yeah. know, so there's a lot of uh, things to think about when you're, before you press post, you know. Yeah. So. No, that is definitely, that is definitely a important thing. I, I think a lot of times, I mean, it's, again, I, I don't work in this field, so I'm not trying to act like I, I should know. Uh, but like, you know, being on the receiving end of, of a lot of what these, you know, a lot of what uh, brands will post and things like that. I think it can come off like very just out of touch at times. Like it, it just seems like whoever is up in the tall tower, just like calling the shots and saying, yeah, let's just do this thing and just throw it out there. Like without any like client feedback, without any, you know, uh, idea of what the customer really wants, you know, I think that's where a lot of times brands will find themselves in, in, uh, you know, precarious positions. Yeah. Uh, it's it. And, you know, I mean, Walmart's going to be fine. Like they're going to, they're good. People are, yeah. I'm still going to probably go there on the weekend and get my groceries. Yeah, like whatever. Exactly. But, but it, it, yeah, it, absolutely. It's important to understand like who you're marketing yourself towards, I yeah. guess is, is, is the point. You know, if you're going to market a product to somebody, make sure that that's the product that they want, uh, yeah. or at least try, consult you, like, yeah, do your research, consult on, yeah. on who that audience is, get them in to help with your visioning board. Like, yeah. uh, you know, there's other things you can do besides just making a judgment call. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, is there anything you got going on? I know you said you've obviously, uh, you've got a, uh, a, a relatively newborn, uh, I don't know what to, do you, do you refer to it as a, as a newborn or what, what's infant, infant baby? Yeah. I don't know. A child. Yeah. It's not a, every time I say uh, newborn, Megan's like, my wife is like, uh, no, she's not a newborn. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I should refer to it as a newborn now, but, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, yeah just baby, yeah. just a uh, little girl. Yeah. No, I don't but yeah, you got a you got a little girl uh, in the house with you now. You said you've been married for five years. Is that correct? Almost. Uh, yeah, four and a half, a little over four and a half yeah. years. So September, a couple months from now, September yeah. will be uh, be five years. Yeah. So, so you almost five years. You're working in a new job uh, yeah. out of Atlanta. Just how are you feeling about the rest of just whatever's next for you? How, yeah. how are you feeling about that? Feel good. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I'm really grateful for what I what I have now and where I'm at in life. Like um, definitely a a God thing of what I went through in my life to get to here. Mm-hmm. And, and so to be where I'm at is, is awesome. And I'm yeah. super grateful to have my wife and my daughter and to have our family and to have a house and a good jobs, yeah. you know, and like, it's just so much to be grateful for. So really just kind of soaking in that, figuring out 
how to be a dad and figuring out how to be better at um, as a as a husband and you know all the things. So yeah. I think it's just a a lot of learning right now, a lot yeah. of growing. You know, promotion in a job, got a kid, like a lot of change. Yeah. But um, so I think what I what, what I'm looking forward to is stability and figuring this out, and then uh, and then eventually you know seeing what what the Lord has next for me. So that's that's it. Awesome, man. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Like I said, I know you got a you got a baby at the house, uh, and you've got some some uh, some happy happy arms to go back home to. But yeah. uh, before we finish here, I have a little bit of a tradition I've All done right. with each show. Uh, I like to end the shows on a little bit of a different note, uh, and so this segment is what I've been calling fifteen quick questions. Let's do it. So this is this is fifteen quick questions with Landon. They're going to be this or that questions. It. So it's like either A or B. You pick. Uh, I just want your off the top of your head, your gut feeling, what your your response is. Some of these are repeat questions from other ones I've done. I'm I'm, I'm still trying to figure out unique questions, but it. You listen, for those that are listening, you try to think of 15 unique questions, and it can get hard at times, so I'm using some repeat ones, but, you know, it's okay. But uh, this is 15 quick questions with Landon. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Creamy or crunchy peanut butter? Uh, creamy. Oh, man. I'm a, I'm a crunchy guy. Get out of here. Waffles or pancakes? Waffles. And yes. I thought about this today, actually. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 70s, 80s, or 90s? Oh, man. 90s, man. Pineapple, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely not. May never be. Really? Wow. Guacamole <laughs> or salsa? Guac. Who would win in a dance battle, Danny DeVito or Jack Black? Oh, Jack Black, 1,000% for just the wow factor. <laughs> uh, hot weather or cold weather? Um, cold weather. Eggnog, yes or no? No. The Office or Parks and Rec? The Office. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Movies or TV? Uh, TV. Hot coffee or iced coffee? Oh, hot coffee, always. Chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Chocolate. Do you pronounce it caramel or caramel? Caramel. I'm a southern boy. (laughs) (laughs) And the final question of the evening, this is the traditional question for all my guests I like to ask. If you had to fight this one of these two things, would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Oh man, what do I, I have wanna, any do I wanna, I have any weaponry? So, okay, I'm glad you asked that. So, I want to hear your rationale and you you can have a weapon, but usually like what I what I like to think of is the weapon you have is like a blunt object. Like you're not going to have like a gun. Like that that's that seems a little bit like too much of an yep. unfair to me. So, you can have some form of like a blunt object, like a, you know, like a big stick or something, I don't know. But yes, you can you can have one of those. So, you okay. if that changes your your answer. So, I think a 100 of anything would overpower me, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what wouldn't. Like, one of them would get on. Even 100 ants. Like, you can't kill all of them before one of them gets on you and yeah. stings you, you know? Yeah. So, I think I, can, I think 1v1 me. Come on. Come yeah. at me, you know? Like, a, what is it? A giant horse-sized duck? A horse-sized duck, yes. Yeah, that thing's... That, what's that thing going to do? You know? Like, yeah. come on. I, I would take them... I would take a rope or something, and I would just ride that thing. I would wrap it around the neck, jump on the back, ride it like a stallion into the wind, yeah. and we'd be best friends, actually. Yeah. Like It's like Avatar. I would connect with yes. him, yes. and he would be mine now. Yeah, you know? he would be yours. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Awesome. Well, that was uh, 15 quick questions with Landon. Awesome. Uh, so thank you for that. One more thing I did want to ask, I wanted to at least tell you about, and this is less from me and more from my mom, but this if she's here, this, she's going to know where I hope she's going to enjoy this. I don't know how many years ago. It may still be the case. I haven't been on Twitter in a long time. But she remembered that I think it was your Twitter bio a long time ago. It said something to the degree of if I 
Uh, oh, I know. If, if I was at an airport and I arrived before my scheduled date, I would be landing early or yes, something like if that. If I'm on a plane that left early, I'll be landing early. Yes. That's it. She, I remember her telling me that she thought that was the funniest thing she had ever heard. <laughs> That's and awesome. I don't know if she's ever told you that, but if she hasn't, I wanted to... Through her, I wanted wanted to oh, tell yeah. you that. Well, thank you. Yes, yeah. So she she. I remember her telling me that she was like, "That's just the funniest thing." Yeah, I awesome. just love yeah, that. Yeah, you can use my name in a sentence. And if <laughs> if it's a guy named Joshua going on a plane, it's my middle name. Then if if you know Joshua took off early, then they would be landing Joshua early. Yeah. Um. So it's like a full name thing. Yeah. So when people ask me like how to remember my name, I, yeah. and sometimes I'll I'll make a joke, and then if there's more people that get added to the conversation, and I've yeah. said that I'm on a plane that left early and I'll be landing early. I'll say I'm Landon, and how you can remember that is just think Landon, and that's my name. God, yeah. just like give up. I don't want to say it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you forget, just remember Landon, and then yeah. that's it. That's yeah, it. you've so, remembered it. So. Yeah, so if there's a backup in case too many people are hearing the same jokes. So. Yeah. But I still use it occasionally. Yeah. I, if it's the right audience, I will pull out the yeah. Landon early. Yeah. I liked it. I thought that was very creative. And she, I remember her telling me, she was like, that's just the funniest thing. And so uh, I don't know if she's ever told you that, but I wanted well, to, I I to let you know. It. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. And now everyone listening knows my full name. So yes. uh, look me up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyways, um, in the spirit of that, I know you're on you're on LinkedIn. I know you're on uh, yeah. Instagram, any other social. Is there any other places anybody can find you to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, yeah, I won't add you on Facebook. Probably don't, haven't accepted people in like a like a good six months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn and Instagram, biggest ones. You can find my website from some of my work at landonearly.com. And uh, yeah, just check me out and hit me up. Awesome, cool. Well, I will make sure to put all those links in the description. So if you want to check out Landon, what he's got going on, uh, then head down there and give him a follow and tell him that I sent you. Uh, but again, Landon, thank you for coming on. It's been uh, a pleasure getting to speak with you again, getting to you know catch up with you. It's been it's been a long time, but uh, maybe we'll do it again in the future. Likewise, yeah. yeah. Let's awesome. Do it. Well, thank you again, man. I, awesome. I, I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. So thank you all so much, and see you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. <laughs>